Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Beat me up on the mamas of all mama shit. Hey, I'm looking through my telescope and I see a mothership. Is that you? Beam me up. Hey, DA, I'm thirsty, man. Can you beam me up for a cold one? Hey, DA, what's going on, baby? Stop me off and beam me up. DA, what's the silly? Oh, permission to get in that mothership. Is my window seat still available? Beam me up. What's going on, DA? Hey, man, I need you to do me a huge favor. My co-worker's a jerk. Oh, just beam me up, man. Get beamed up. Everyone else has. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. Or here's Bogish on a trash Tuesday on CBS Sports Radio, the free Odyssey app, Sirius XM, channel 158, halfway home. On this Tuesday morning, riding shotgun with EJ, with Bilotti, with the Schwartz. Uh, we are internless this morning which is normally good because, as we've discussed, their body language is not the most complimentary as the show's going on around them. Uh, we've got Jared Dubin of CBS Sports breaking down the NFL with us an hour from now uh, and a new first question for him thanks to the reported agreement between the Giants and Saquon Barkley. It is a one-year deal. It's worth up to $11 million, a two-mil signing bonus. Uh, if you were wondering why this is possible, I, and I, I didn't even realize this at certain times. So we know you get the franchise tag in March, or I guess maybe in February, and you have until the middle of July to work out a long-term deal. If you can't do that, then your options are very, very limited. And one of them is you can actually renegotiate the one-year contract. So you can you can just sign the tag. You can hold out. You The team can rescind the tag and let you go onto the open market, become a free agent, or you can do what the Giants and the and Barkley just did is renegotiate the one-year franchise tag contract. That happens probably the second least. Uh, that's the second least happening, if that is English, outcome in this scenario. The one that almost never happens is the rescinding of the tag to put you on the open market. This happens on occasion where teams renegotiate the dollar figure and, you know, we've, we've been, this news has been out there for basically an hour now. And so I, I guess by now we would have known if the agreement 
had any kind of agreement moving forward that the Giants would not tag Barkley again next offseason. That would have been the one win in this for Saquon, and that appears to not be involved here. So Saquon blinked. Saquon gave up. I thought he was going to have to do this at some point. He was never going to miss games. He was, and I'm reading right now, confirmation. There is no provision in this new deal preventing the Giants from tagging Barkley again next year. So this is a 99.9% win for the Giants. The one win for Barkley is a small one that he can earn an extra 900 k than what the franchise tag tender would have given him this year. But otherwise, running backs lose as a group and Saquon loses as an individual, especially if the reports that he is denied of a previous Giants offer being on the table and then obviously refused, it, this is just, there's nothing really positive for Barkley in this, again, except for the extra 900K, and we don't know exactly how what it would take to get there, but he basically plays on the franchise tag, and there's no promise, no agreement to not do this again next year. So we may be right back in the same spot 10, 11 months from now, wondering what he's going to do and what the Giants are going to do. And and you hope for him, he's got a little more leverage built back up because he was special again this year. And the Giants win more playoff games or win more games. Maybe get back to the postseason. But there is really no victory of substance in this agreement. And I'm surprised by the timing of it. Again, I I didn't think that they were really at odds, that they were really at each other's throats in this. I think there's more of that in Vegas with Josh Jacobs. I think Jacobs is more insulted by the way the Raiders have handled him than Saquon was with the Giants. I think Saquon, you know, the, the audio sounded angry with multiple bleeps, the curses taken out from that podcast before the tag deadline for an extension had passed. But that was him more just thinking out loud, not being straight angry. So I kind of, I figured we were going to get to this point, just not now. He doesn't even miss all training camp practice. He knew what was coming and said, okay, fine, and tries to save face on this little mini extra bump up to $11 million, but it's really not that much. The running backs lose again, and it's what I said yesterday. I The only way this changes is if... A team, or more than one team, it could be Barkley and the Giants. It could be Nick Chubb and the Browns. It could be Derrick Henry and Tennessee. It, unless a running back, until a running back, is unquestionably one of the lead reasons why a team wins a Super Bowl, there's going to be no bounce back here. And a lot of it makes sense. A lot of it is warranted. A lot of it is, you know, almost like science, it's indisputable, the numbers are there, the history is there, but it, as I said yesterday, what what bothers me, and I've, I've defended running backs for a long time, I've been on this hill trying not to die for a long time, but then I kind of had to give up because there was nothing left really to fight, and there's still not much left to fight at the moment, but I do believe that we've gone way too far, way too punitive towards this position. Now it's just an easy way, it's an easy out at times to justify a cost-cutting decision that you don't need to make. I mean, again, the Giants are are fighting over 
nickels and dimes with Saquon Barkley, who, again, is arguably their best offensive player. That's who they're fighting with here. While they're paying Kenny Galladay, or at least Kenny Galladay is counting like $14 million against their salary cap. And there was a another t- uh, post yesterday, I'm pulling it up right now, from CBS Sports on Instagram. So Christian McCaffrey right now makes the most, we know this, and he's probably, by the way, the best, the most capable of changing this narrative this season with the Niners. As you know by now, he makes the most, 16 mil a year at running back. Alvin Kamara makes 15 mil a year. Then we're at Derrick Henry, 12.5, Nick Chubb, 12.2. Hunter Renfro makes $16.2 million this year. Allen Robinson, 15.5. Cortland Sutton, 15.2. And Corey Davis, $12.5 million. Now, the four running backs are better players than the four wide receivers. But no one's holding Hunter Renfro's salary against anybody. And I understand that people have an affection for Hunter. He looks like me, and he's running around surviving in the NFL. So I get the notoriety of him. But you'd be okay without paying Hunter Renfro $16.2 million. There was the comparison last week where basically we're down to just punters and long snappers until Bradley Schwartz gets in the NFL and resets that market. Those are the only two positions on average that make less than running backs. Kickers on average make more than running backs. And I love me some kickers. I've We've had that conversation too. At There are times where Justin Tucker is the best at his position in the NFL. That nobody does his position better than him. And I want him on my team. And I need those guys on my team. You need to spend some money. But, I, but we should probably be spending more money on the Saquon Barkleys and the Josh Jacobs of the world. You can save at other places. But the high-end guys, McCaffrey, Kamara when he's healthy, and Chubb, and Henry, and Barkley, and Jacobs. Those are front-line guys. They don't deserve blank checks, but they deserve to get paid. And they deserve to not have to basically be scrounging for scraps right now. And I know millions of dollars are not scraps, but it's all relative. In it, between 10 and 15 and $20 million, it's all, none of it makes sense. It's all basically things that we can't in our normal life comprehend. But in the NFL world, that's what they're doing now. They're basically kind of panhandling, trying to remind us how good and impactful they are, and we kind of don't care. And it would be, at least for me, and maybe this is asking for too much, but it would be nice from where I sit when you point to the teams that have won the Super Bowl in recent years as reasons why you don't need a full-fledged star running back that you at least point out that most of those teams were quarterbacked by Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. And when you have two all-timers at the most important position, it covers up things or makes up for other things that other teams can't. And for all, I, I get it, you know, Todd Gurley, you tell me a guy that's gotten paid and, it's, and the wear and tear, I know all that stuff. But there are still exceptions to the position. And if we're going to be forgiving everywhere else, we're not going to care if we're eating money for the failed defensive end or the failed left tackle or the failed wide receiver or if I'm okay paying my wide receiver four north of $10 million more than Saquon Barkley. I just I, I do think that these guys deserve not sympathy, um, at least I recognition that this that there is some validity in their complaints. Because I think we're, we've been 
you know, a little too quick at times to dismiss this as a complete waste of time. Now, it is a waste of time, and it's really hard to see that how they're going to win anything of significance right now. But there needs to be a slight correction in all of this because these guys do deserve a little more than this, a little more acknowledgement of exactly how good they are and exactly how important they are to their team's success and that there are other places where you don't have to spend top dollar. All of these teams, anything that's had success, there's there's always places that they don't have a front-line, first-round, pedigree, high-paid guy. Obviously, you always need to find places to save money. It doesn't only have to be at running back, which is where it feels like right now. It doesn't have to be just there. It can be your second cornerback. It can be at safety. It could be whatever. There are ways. It's why you need to have draft picks be successful as well because those guys are always going to be cheap at any position. So Saquon Barkley, one-year deal. It's reportedly up worth up to $11 million. Giants, and he allowed to renegotiate basically the franchise tag tender, one of the few things they can do after missing the extension last week, uh, the deadline last week to find themselves an extension. The Chargers had... One of these problems as well with Austin Eckler, they figured that out. Eckler had the ability to look around and try to find a place to go and realize that there wasn't really any better place to go. So he's still in L.A. with the Chargers, with Justin Herbert, and this continues our our mini-series this week, looking at teams here quickly that are in kind of make-or-break mode. Now, the Chargers coming off last year where they made the playoffs, finished strong, but then played their Week 18 game that didn't matter, played it and had Mike Williams get hurt again in it, and then Mike could not play in their playoff game in Jacksonville, the AFC South winner. And you'll remember that the Chargers had a 27-point lead in that game and then didn't win it. Somehow didn't win despite being up 27 points on the Jaguars. It was peak Chargers. And... You know, they've brought in Kellen Moore. They've made some roster changes. They still have Justin Herbert now. And the hope is that Kellen Moore energizes Herbert in a way that uh, which Lombardi was their OC could not do uh, last year. They just did not throw the ball downfield. They could not keep Keenan Allen and Mike Williams healthy, especially together. So they draft Quentin Johnson, uh, who's a really high-end TCU wide receiver. They brought in Eric Kendricks. He's really the, their lone significant addition on defense to that linebacker level. They had a couple of guys leave from that spot. They're hoping J.C. Jackson, who they spent money on a year ago, uh, is an, is no longer a boss. He was having a bad year. Then he got hurt. Patel attendant. He needs to be healthy. He needs to be good. They live in the AFC West, which means two games against the Chiefs, plus they face the AFC East this year as part of their non-division rotation They've got a top 10 tough schedule in the Chargers. They're very they're very top heavy. There's some good high-end players, Nick Bosa, or excuse me, um Joey Bosa on that defense and again Herbert and Allen and Williams if they're healthy. But it's the second and third levels that are going to be the issue for the Chargers. They can't afford more injuries, but they can't seem to avoid them either. And when they're up against the best of the bunch, it's going to be tough top to bottom to compete the way they're constructed. So to me, you know, they are in this make or break range specifically with their head coach. Herbert's going nowhere. They'll continue to tweak the roster. But Brandon Staley's entering another year in charge here. And 
When things are going well, he looks smart and he looks creative and he looks progressive. When things don't go well, they look terrible and he looks inept. And, you know, I, in general, I love the fourth quarter uh, attitude and aggression and not punting. It's, I, I, I get all of that stuff. It makes sense to me. If I had the you-know-whats to do it and I had a job like that, that's the way I'd want to coach too. But, you know, the timeout strategy has backfired. Those fourth-down decisions have backfired. And he's also made some really significant bad decisions. They had that game to close out two seasons ago where both teams need to tie to get in. And it was almost an impossible situation, but they played it for real and they didn't win. And then last year, I mentioned it already, they're, they're, it's a meaningless game in Week 18. It means nothing for them. They're going to be the five seed. They're going to go to the worst division winner. It means nothing. There was no benefit to playing that game. And they played regulars. Everybody else rested as much as they could. They played regulars, including guys who get hurt easily. And Mike Williams messed up his back. And he wasn't out there for their playoff game. Which, again, they still led by 27 points and then didn't win. They've changed locations. They've changed quarterbacks, GMs, head coaches. They're still the Chargers. And if they remain the Chargers, and this, again, is a down year with some kind of weird, twisted disappointment, uh, they absolutely would be in the business for a new head coach. The Packers have a new quarterback. Jordan Love, it is his team. Um, There'd be a catchy headline here if we had a stream about like Jordan Like, not Jordan Love, because the Packers are still playing it slow with young Jordan. We'll do that when we come back on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Please knock. Dan in Mechanicsburg is asleep in the Lazy Boy. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Mothership. Bogus, Bilotti, EJ Schwartz with you on a Trash Tuesday at CBS Sports Radio, at Andrew Bogish for those tweets. I got a DM yesterday suggesting that Pete and I do the Immaculate Grid on the air. If you don't know what this is, I guess it's it was a, a baseball's version of Wordle to a certain extent in that it was a website that a guy just created. Now it's owned, bought by Baseball Reference. That guy's probably a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, good idea by him. Hopefully he has you know, the same success to EJ in his trampoline fighting league, which, by the way, is the subject <laughs> of today's uh, CBS Sports Radio poll. Should people be fighting on trampolines? Answer as soon as possible. I didn't check at yes the end. Yes, yes. We ran out of time yesterday. Um, got the epic fail in just barely. That's it. I'm pretty sure chocolate won the candy off against gummy, fruity candy. I'm assuming I'm going to do a better job today of getting to the show at the right time at the end That's so we can right. do all the stuff that we need to do. Uh, but in but in, in the spirit of Pete and I doing um, Immaculate Grid together, if you know a Blue Jay that in a 200-hit season, please alert me or Pete I think as I, soon as possible. I think I have one. You stole me Devon White in your ear. That That's that's a, my first guess. Robbie Alomar had to have 200 yeah. as a Blue Jay, right? That was my guess. Now, the key here, too, and I'm not there just yet. The key to this game is not just getting the right answer. And if it's like, it's a, it looks like a, like a tic-tac-toe board. It's three columns across and three columns up and down. And you have to pick an answer when the columns meet. So right now, today's, 
you've got to tell me who played for the Guardians and the Blue Jays, who played for the Guardians and the Brewers, and who had a 100-RBI season for the Cleveland franchise. And then Phillies Blue Jays, Phillies Brewers, Phillies 100-RBI season, and then Blue Jay 200-year, Brewer 200 hits, and then a guy who had 200 hits and 100-RBIs in the same season. I'm still on, let's just get this right. And you only get nine guesses, so if you okay. have one wrong, it can't be immaculate. If we're just getting it, if we, that's what we're going to do, I would go Robbie Allen. So that seems to be the obvious answer, right? Now, when you advance in this game, you want to pick obscure answers because you get scored on the rarity of your answers. So you want the lowest rarity score as possible. Correct. And Tyler Kepner, who might write about baseball better than anybody right now in the country, keeps getting single-digit rarity scores. Unbelievable. Because he's picking people who I don't even know if their family knew they existed. <laughs> I, don't even, I, don't even, I don't think they didn't even remember they played for the team. Right. And Tyler goes, no, you were definitely a Cleveland Spider and an original, like, Washington Senator. <laughs> so, and I'm still like, if I break 100, I feel good about myself. This dude's got, like, a two rarity score. So, Blue Jays... 200 hits. I think Alan Moore is the obvious one. But, like, did Terry Steinbeck ever have with his face thing? Did he ever have 200 hits? Did John Olerud have a 200 hit season Probably, for them? Or Carlos Delgado. Carlos Delgado might have. So you want to be a little obscure. And you can't get one wrong. All right. Uh-oh. EJ just made a noise. You, you... <laughs> No, I was just, thinking out loud. Oh, okay. Olerud's <laughs> right. a good one, too. Um... Do we have the sound of the Packers talking about Jordan Love? I should have asked you this off the air. That would have been a really good thing. So, so yesterday, Mark Murphy, who is, I guess, the president. Is that his title still these days? He's above our boy, Goonty. And he was talking about a training camp and a season coming with Jordan Love unquestioned. He's their guy. And saying that they're going to be patient. That they're going to jump to no conclusion until midseason. That's the way they did it with Aaron Rodgers, who had never started a game before he took over from Brett Favre. Jordan Love has at least played a game or two, one start, a couple of appearances, before he takes over for good now. And they're going to let this all play out. And when it happened with Rodgers, they got to midseason. Their record wasn't great, but his numbers were good. And his numbers ended up being good. And he ended up becoming Aaron Rodgers. Now, who knows what Jordan Love's going to do but there is no week one, week two, week three, anything from the Packers on Jordan Love. He's going to get seven, eight, nine games to figure this out. And that's really the only way to play this. I know it's easy to say, how do they not know what they have in Jordan Love yet? Well, it's because he hasn't played in games. They know what he is in practice, in meeting rooms, at training camp. They know what he is in terms of in the huddle to a certain extent and leading guys. But he hasn't been... In the rain, Chicago, in the cold somewhere, or in a big game against the Lions this year, wherever it may be, and they're not sure how he reacts to those situations just yet. And you know, they they redid his deal somewhat in line with Saquon, just in a kind of a unique, little used tactic. They renegotiated the end of Jordan Love's rookie contract where he got a little money, they get out of it sooner, and that kind of makes this year in particular, like they they have the ability to move off of Jordan Love after this year. So they've got time, and but then they also don't have time to figure this out. But 
there's no reason in September to have any decision on Jordan Love. I know that we're going to do it because that's what we do, and we have no patience in this job, and we immediately need to decide good, bad, cut him, trade him, sign him for forever. Is he a Hall of Famer? I mean, you know those things are coming. The Packers can be patient, and they should be patient, but you know that first Monday, if Jordan Love stunk or if he was great, we're immediately back into Aaron Rodgers' comparison. Here's what Aaron did in his first game. Here's what Aaron did in his first three games. Here's what this guy did in his first five games. Or who are they drafting next year? How about that dude Joe Milton from Tennessee? Like, that's the outside world's going to do that. The Packers can't. And it's up to Jordan Love to give him an answer as soon as possible. And for their sake, they hope it's the right answer because they created a lot of you-know-what by drafting Jordan Love. He better be good. He better be fine. He better continue. He can't can't ask him to be a Hall of Famer like Rodgers and Favre, but you can ask him to be, he better be a long-term starter for them after everything that drafting him kick-started when it comes to Rodgers no longer being a Green Bay Packer. Uh, Tom Brady is now a civilian for the moment before he jumps into the TV booth. Uh, Tom's also a single man. He's been having some fun. That fun's been caught on on cameras, on video cameras. And, of course, we are going to break down the possible new Tom Brady girlfriend and all these videos in just a second. But first, with headlines and then stunned to a news, I believe. I think so. Here's Peter Schwartz. All right, let's do it. The Giants and running back Saquon Barkley have come to terms on a one-year deal said to be worth up to $11 million. He'll be reporting to training camp the deal, including a $2 million signing bonus. The Raiders signed three-time Pro Bowl cornerback Marcus Peters. Reportedly, it's a one-year deal. Now the baseball will begin in Philadelphia. Orioles and Phillies tied at two in the top of the ninth. He'll want to Kowser. He'll line it down the left field line. Slicing away from Schwarber. Will he get there? Dives! It's a fair ball. He can't get to the ball. It caroms behind him. Around second goes Kowser. He's going to pump the brakes there. And the Orioles take a 3-2 lead on the double by Colton Kowser as waterworks go flying. Jeff Arnold on Orioles Radio. Orioles beat the Phillies 3-2. They've won 13 of 16. They open up a two and a half game lead over the Rays in the American League East. Blue Jays beat the Dodgers. 6-3 to three in 11. Toronto's won 11 of 16. Now to Cleveland. There's a liner down the right field line off the bat of Garcia way back, and that ball is gone. It's a home run to right field for Michael Garcia. His fourth of the year, and the Royals lead it 5-1. to one. Call on Royals radio, and the Royals hang on, beat the Guardians 5-3. to three. Also in that game, Salvador Perez hitting his 200th career home run as a catcher. Carlos Santana, two runs. Pirates over the Padres, 8-4, to four. you have the Cardinals over the Diamondbacks, 10-6. The Astros walking off on the Rangers, 10-9. Ellie De La Cruz with a monster two-run homer, but that was not enough. Reds lose to the Brewers, 3-2. The Twins over the Mariners, 4-3-10. and 10. Rockies beat the Nationals, 10-6. The Tigers over the Giants, 5-1. From college football, former Northwestern quarterback and wide receiver Lloyd Yates filed a lawsuit against the university alleging a brainwashing culture of hazing and abuse that became normalized. Women's World Cup, there were four games yesterday. Italy beat Argentina 1-0, Germany over Morocco 6-0. You had Brazil over Panama 4-0, and Colombia 2-0 over Korea Republic. And now, Bogues, it's time to get started. Do it. It 
doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. Doesn't that have to get redone now? That open? No, that's uh, staying. That's staying. That's staying. That one's staying. That yes. one's staying. Okay, just want to make sure. Uh, this has him written all over it, by the way. If you ever ever dream of standing naked in New York City with dozens of strangers while artists turn your skin into a work of art, you may have missed your chance. Sunday's body painting day will be the uh, was the final edition after more than a decade of artists turning nude bodies into works of art. Organizer Andy Golub expecting more than 50 people will be painted over four hours in Manhattan's Union Square. Golub decided this year's event would be the last because it's time to move on and clear that plate. He said he wants to find different ways of empowering and bringing people together, including a new event next spring. After the Sunday's body painting is finished, the participating artists and models will march through Greenwich Village pose for a photo in Washington Square Park, ride a double-decker bus over the Manhattan Bridge, and they'll end the day with a party in Brooklyn. Golub is an artist and free speech activist who's been painting on nude models since 2007, started the annual body painting extravaganza to underscore that nudity for artistic purposes, and that's legal in New York City. And my question to you, Bogues, would be, was this something that we would still need in New York City that's going to be ending after the Sunday? Um, so we're taking away nudity? We're taking away what apparently is a legal exhibit hmm. of nudity in Manhattan because it has to do with body painting. So I think this falls in line with other conversations we've had about nudity. We, you know, we've, had, we've done this about nude beaches and stuff like that. It seems like, oh, naked people, great. But most people who are doing this are not people that we want to see naked. <laughs> there you go. It's a short list of people who look good naked. I speak for at least me and the Pete's that we're not on the list. No. I am not on the list. No. No. So, like, it's the idea that, like, Barbie and Ken and supermodels and athletes are going to be walking around in their naked body paint is not really a thing. It's people, regular folks, who most of us don't need to see naked, entertained yeah. or otherwise. Guys, look like John Feinstein. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I do remember this law, not for New York Body Painting Day, but there were a time where there were topless women in Times Square covered in body paint, and people were pissed about it, but like their protection was... I have body paint on. I'm not naked, and I'm allowed to do this here. Yeah, when I worked yeah. at New York One, that was a huge issue with a lot of parents saying, "Hey, you know, we, we bring my kid to Times Square and all." Right, these, that's a boob. Yeah, yeah. And there's actual women with, you know, basically full frontal and the naked cowboy there. <laughs> well, yeah, not the really cowboy naked. wears underwear. Right. Like yeah. these women were wearing no, nothing over their shirts. Yeah. So. So there's a parade? A parade and a rally and a party. Police tried to stop this in 2011. Uh, the organizer and two other models were arrested, detained for 24 hours, but the charges were dropped once authorities determined they were doing nothing that was illegal. Mm. So it sounds like this, with all, no pun intended, this sounds like it just become a real pain in the ass for this guy and just mm. decided that he doesn't want to do it anymore. The double-decker bus ride over the Manhattan Bridge is interesting to me. 
Will there be tarping on the seats for the body paint? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, you would. I guess you wouldn't want to leave any excess paint for the right next customer. You don't know what the next tour is going to be. You go to all that work making elaborate body paint, and you sit down. You leave a third of it on the on the double decker bus seat. Yeah, I would. I'm looking like Sting after you know a long thirty hour, thirty minute death match. You know the <laughs> face paint all off. Now the body paint's half off. But if this event has become like a fabric of New York City. I think somebody else, if this guy doesn't want to do it anymore, maybe somebody else is going to step up and, and keep this thing going. I'll keep it going. I mean, it's not going to be me. I'll keep it going. You'll keep it going? Yep. Well, we already seen, you know, uh, Sean Marash, you know, with the baseball bat and the, you know, shirtless look. And I mean, maybe this is uh, his next WFAN bit. You never know. I, I mean, not. if they hear that, if they see this story, it's coming. Because <laughs> as we found out just yesterday, it's all on the table. Production crew's yeah. already working. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. There's your stun for today. Thank you very much, Peter Schwartz. Uh, more trashes on this Trash Tuesday. Bouncing baby boy, I'm trashing the grown men who insist on buying these little bikes and driving them on the freeway. They're hard to see, and you look ridiculous. Hashtag get a real hog. Hashtag give your kids bike back. Hashtag trash them. Hefty, hefty, hefty. <laughs> Get a real hog's a good hashtag. That is. Hog Molly. Joe Mama at Joe Freakin' Mama. Hi, Joe. I'm trashing myself for how I played on Sunday. Missed an easy fly ball. Popped up every at bat and let my team completely down. Hashtag trash Tuesday. Totally gross, dude. Uh, a thank you and a trash to all of those who suggested John Olerud had a 200-hit season with the Blue Jays. He did, but apparently we all should have known that because 39% of answers on Immaculate Grid were John Olerud, not the rarity score that Pete and I were looking for. Nope. And also, if you're playing yourselves, Chipper Jones did not have a 200-hit, 100-RBI season. I have a good one for that. An I, obscure I, one? I think. I'm going to guess at Garter Alfonso. Ugh, that, he's my second favorite Met. Gary Carter first, then Alfonso. Or Alfonso, as Gary Cohen Alfonso. I should If I was ever going to have, I feel like I'm too old to have um, a player name on a jersey, especially a current player, since I could basically be most of their, their fathers. Um, I think Alfonso will be my pick. I, got, I have two Gary Carter jerseys already. I've got an 86 throwback. And I have same general time frame, the blue, like, spring training yes. mesh jersey. I have that with Carter's 8 on it. But if I was going to invest in a new one, it might have to be Alfonso. The, uh, he was so good. He was very good. I have a Piazza Authentic. Okay. Same. But but it, it's, um, I would guess, an Alfonso in that category, because I feel like two th- the year 2000, he had a year like that. Yeah. 200 hits, 100 RBIs. Yeah, he was so good. A five-for-five playoff game. He was was a very underrated player. Yes, absolutely. And was the Mets, like, single-A manager, kind of got fired from that job, and now I think he works in the front office. He was, uh, and his brother was with the organization for many years. Yes. I'm going to put it in, Pete, and see what happens, because mine's already ruined. Sure. Nope, you're wrong. I'm wrong. Thanks for nothing. Thanks for taking the Fonzie. Uh, yeah, I took the heat for you on that one. 
my immaculate grid is far from immaculate today. Uh, keep those trashes coming. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this one more time, and I as delicately as possible because there's now full blown conversations in my mentions. We are aware of the technical issues that some of you are unfortunately experiencing listening to this show in various ways. Emails have been sent. Um, it is again outside of normal business hours. You would think that tech people would always be around, but they're not necessarily already around. I don't know why it happened. It's not something that we can just fix with a flip of the switch, but at least we have sent out the signal that there are problems. And for right Right. now, that's the most that Pete and I can do. Correct. And it sounds like it's only affecting commercial breaks, which doesn't seem like the worst thing in the world for a listener. We need those commercials to play for us on the business side, but if you're missing commercials, I don't necessarily have sympathy for you. No. Especially the ones that I hear when I listen through the apps and whatnot. <laughs> I'll buy your gold for you if you need. Uh, I'll recreate one of them. When we come back, Tom Brady's got a new girlfriend. This one is actually real, not the made-up one that DA kept harping on. We'll do that when we come back on CB. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio. More laughs per capita than any other sports radio show. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. Closing out hour number three on this Tuesday morning. Bogish EJ Bellotti Schwartz with you. DA's on vacation. He's out all this week. Cap returns with the stream tomorrow. Phone lines are open at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Tweets at CBS Sports Radio, at Andrew Bogish, at Pete, the body, at EJ underscore Stewart, at Schwartz Sports. 
That CBS Sports Radio feed has today's poll question. It is up. It's about fighting on trampolines and getting paid for it. Coming up next hour, we'll chat with Jared Dubin. CBS Sports covers the NFL. We will begin with Saquon Barkley's one-year $11 million deal with the Giants. So that staring contest is over. No actual holdout. Nothing like that for Saquon. He's at Giants camp on time with a fresh one-year agreement. Uh, Learning during the break about Baby Doll uh, Jacobson. See, I'm still learning. Baby Doll Jacobson. Now, and that's clearly a nickname. I don't think anybody was naming their son Baby Doll back in the aughts in 1890 to be exact. William Chester Jacobson is one of the answers in Immaculate Grid for 200 hits and 100 RBI in the same season. Which he did only once in his illustrious career, Pete. The famed 1920 season when he had 216 hits and 122 RBI. I I remember that. That (laughs) whole thing. I've already made too many Jody is old jokes, but I'm assuming Jody covered Baby Doll Jacobson back in 1920. He was coming up as a writer. (laughs) A young Jody and a young Baby Doll. (laughs) So Tom Brady, if you remember, there was this woman who was just at box games in a Brady jersey, and it seemed to confuse D.A. and Sean, where they treated this woman like she was Brady's girlfriend. And, like, it was referenced like that in headlines, but I think, you know, mostly jokingly, they were never actually connected. She liked Brady, wore Brady jerseys, went to Brady games, but they were never actually together. And unless I'm making it up, there was more than one actual conversation about this woman and this relationship, which never really existed. She was married to somebody else. She was just a Brady super fan that maybe wanted to be his girlfriend, but never actually was. Brady now apparently has taken a lover. Irina Shayk is a supermodel, much like Giselle, uh, as famous as you can be and as successful as you can be in that industry. We also discussed this on the show. There was like a mega wedding, some super, super rich dude. And everybody at the wedding was on a boat at some point, I think off the, in the Mediterranean, off the Italian coast. And I'm trying to think now, it was Brady and somebody else. The initial like gossip item was Brady and another Giselle, oh, and Leo and DiCaprio. And, they, and Giselle had dated DiCaprio before marrying Brady. So the two of them being on the boat at the same time with some other famous people was the story then. But apparently on this boat was also Irina Shayk, world-renowned supermodel. Some reports from back then said that she was throwing herself at Brady the entire time. Her camp said absolutely not. That's not what she does. People throw themselves at her. However it went down, that was apparently the initial connection. And now over the weekend... They were hanging out the entire time, braiding his Rolls Royce, picking her up from a hotel, bringing him back to his place in L.A., took her then the next morning, wink, wink, back to her hotel, went back later in the day, got her again, they hung out even more. At one point, they're on video in the Rolls Royce, in the front seat, looking back and forth at each other the way that Pete and Sean used to, gently him, gently caressing her face 
in that front seat. He was actually choking Sean. So he there's, wrong. <laughs> he, yeah, he was. He went in, went in softly, hoping to quickly grab a hold of that gullet, but realized that you needed at least two oh. hands for that. <laughs> and that probably Sean would just do it himself at some point. That's right. But here we go. We've got, we have got a Brady connection. In between, there are the Kim Kardashian rumors. That I can't remember now whether we asked Lisa Ramos about on the air or off the air since she was at the party that this went down in. So I don't want to repeat what she said in case she told us in confidence off the air, and I'm messing that up. Um, but there were those rumors and those whispers, but apparently whatever happened or didn't happen doesn't matter now because Brady at Arena Shaker thing, she used to be, I don't know if they were married, but they were definitely together, had children, she and Bradley Cooper. And now it's Irina and it's TB12. And also apparently Giselle is not happy about this. I don't know specifically why she's not happy. If she has an issue directly with Irina, if it's just because it's anybody, it's another model. I don't know why she's upset about it. Um, and especially if she's more than friends with this now infamous jiu-jitsu instructor that always seems to be around her. Um, I'm not sure why she would be upset about Tom having anybody in his life, but we've got a Brady something here, whatever they're gonna you want to call it. And it's actually better than I thought in terms I I re, I had him pegged for the stereotypical like 22 year old who knows nothing about life and the world and whatever and barely knows who Tom Brady is. I, I, I kind of thought that was going to be the route first. And maybe it has been the route in private. But the first time out in public, kind of tempting cameras to catch them, it's with another supermodel from Tom Brady. Yeah, I feel like we've heard a little bit of the early post-divorce Tom Brady with the 23-year-old Instagram model kind of, you know, yeah. lady. Uh, he's now graduated from that. I Is think he settling the, down, are you saying, I think AJ? he's in the next phase of the post uh, post divorce, Tom Brady, where now you you know he gets a more established uh, a model, an established woman, a woman a little older, and I feel good for him. I don't know what the I don't know what Giselle's beef could be. That was my big thing. Was like at what point can you not be upset at your ex being with someone else unless there's some personal beef which we don't know about. Right. I mean, and it feels like now it feels like she was the driver of the divorce. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, because of his decisions about football and whatnot. So, I mean, I guess it's not like he was like, hey, I all of a sudden want to be single, and now he's got a girlfriend within a year. So, yeah, it was weird. I mean, I, I as always, I like the drama. I like the gossip. I want this to be a personal thing. I want to find out that Giselle and Irina don't like each right. other, and maybe there's, like, some spite in this. Like, that's maybe why... Irina Shake went after Brady in the first place, half because he's Brady and handsome, and the other half because she wanted to like stick it to Giselle. Like I'm here for that. The other thing too, I thought was maybe, and this is another question: like, do you is it your 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 right, or do you have to tell your ex, hey, I'm now with another person? Like, could she have found out the way we all found out? Yeah, could she have found out on TMZ and thinking, hey, Tom, you know, we we we're co-parents. Why wouldn't you send me a text saying, hey, by the way? You know, I'm dating a colleague. I can only guess because I have not been in this situation either as a child or as an adult. I would I would think that if the person was going to be around the children, you'd have to tell something to your ex. But if you're just going to dinner with somebody or 
spending a weekend together, I, I, and it's on your own time, so to speak, I don't think you owe the other person anything just yet. That's what I would think, too. Back to sports, maybe. Jared Dubin covers the NFL for CBS Sports. He's with us when we come back on CBS Sports Radio. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.